0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the second episode of Making Sense of Eternal Turn. I'm Nico, as you guys know, but this week, Bran Flakes actually is on vacation, so we have our guest star here, Shubi Senpai.
1: Hello, everybody. Thank you for the invite, by the way, Nico. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, you're no problem. So, we're gonna quickly actually touch base on the patch. yeah, the patch from, we talked about last week, so, like, the hotfix that happened. And then we'll go right in with the stats that we got. So, yeah, I'm so, I'm kind of throwing you a bit of a, a curveball with that. My apologies. That's all right. But, yeah, the last, there's actually two hotfixes last, week, or since our last podcast, and for the first hotfix what we talked about if you didn't listen in was honestly like pretty on point the characters that we mainly talked about and like what we thought would be nerfed was touched overall except for the items which hopefully they'll touch on more of the items in the major hotfix or major patch um but for now like all the characters were touched that we talked about, except for heart was also touched, which honestly, it's heart, so I'm fine with that. But maybe that's just a personal bias against heart, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, she is also touched. And the the next pot fix, they actually did a few more touches, pretty much to the same characters as well, uh, with just like a few exceptions. And those exceptions, honestly, we actually are going to be mentioning, such as William. We'll be talking about him as well. And yeah, that's pretty much just wrapping up from the last hot fix. So we're gonna do what we did last time, just start off with our stats. So we start off with pick rate, and yeah, we do like the highest, like who are the best characters, then we go out over the worst characters. And then afterwards you talk about like items and just General meta as a whole, and then we take questions from you guys if you have any questions. But yeah, let's first look off at the highest picked characters. There we go. I'm just loading a game in now. I don't know this does not recognize. General turn, sorry. Low game.
1: Gotta love. Uh, gotta love OBS sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Hey. Anyways, you can see of our pick rate. There you go. You guys see the game. So for our pick rate, we have Shouichi is most picked in. Oh yeah, this is Diamond Plus still. I'm waiting till Diamond Plus or till Top One Thousand is Diamond Plus. Until then, we're I'm just doing Diamond Plus stats. So, hopefully next week, has it's doubled since the last time I checked. And, actually. So, we have Shoichi first with a 3.5% pick rate. Followed by Glove Lead Island with a 3.3% pick rate. Luke with a 3% pick rate. Sua with 2.9% pick rate. Followed by Leon with also a 2.9% pick rate. So, first character, Shoichi. This is... Honestly, not too much of a surprise. Shoichi's always been pretty popular in Korea, which is what mainly these stats are based on. And so with the addition of Eclipse being added, which is like a new AMP transition dagger, Shoichi's seen a lot more use. So it's definitely obvious why Shoichi is back to being number one picked in by ELO.
1: Yeah, and overall, I personally think that, especially with the introduction of season season seven in general, uh, one of the biggest things that were, of course, changed were just numbers in general to affinity, right? We that's what we're calling it now. But a lot of amplification-based characters, I think, got a lot of big buffs during that patch, and Shuichi was definitely one of them. Another uh, thing about Shuichi that I think was changed that really benefits him in regards to playability is the post cast delay being added removed whichever one for characters there's a lot of things that happen in regards to that specific uh, stat when it comes to it but Shuichi was made a lot more playable i think in season seven it was very apparent especially with uh, ec yun coming back for a little bit he immediately picked up the character after about a year or so of a hiatus which is Really difficult to do on a character like Shuichi, so very much on the playability side was buffed there too, and of course the damage, as I mentioned before, getting buffed, it helped this character just in multiple ways, which is why I think his pick great, and not surprising at all, as you mentioned.
0: Yeah, for sure. I yeah, I think you covered everything I thought with Shuichi as well. So let's look at Love Lidai Lin. now. Love. For we'll just talk about Dylin as a whole. Last season, Nunchuck was definitely the most used weapon overall for Dylin, but this season it's starting off with glove being quite strong. Now, for me, I've played both, and I can definitely feel the damage difference between glove versus Nunchuck right now. I'm honestly I'm trying to. Th- I don't exactly remember what they changed with glove specifically. Do. Do they end up just buffing Glove in general, like?
1: Well, okay, so a couple of the things that I think really made Glove stand out over Nunchaku personally is the fact that there's two things, right? You did uh, just mention, and I do believe you're correct in that one, Glove getting buffed a little bit with the introduction of Season 7, which I think is going to become a very common occurrence in regards to what we talk about here today. Uh, Numbers definitely were raised up. I think the basic attack amplification scaling in general has always been really good on Gloved Island. That just got slightly better during Season 7. Of course, Mark of the Phoenix has always been an absurdly strong item. Imperial Silk Gloves also getting a little bit of buffs here and there with the attack power that it has, has been making Glove very substantially strong, I think, over Nunchaku. And the other point that I was trying to make here is the fact that uh, the Striking Tiger, Lee Dailin's ultimate, has been nerfed a couple of times in the past couple of patches. And Nunchaku Lee Dailin really relies on the sole damage of the Striking Tiger to be able to assassinate players. Whereas Glovedailin is a lot more of the front-loaded damage fighter, where she relies a lot more on the basic attacks and not too much on the ultimate to actually finish people off.
0: Yeah, actually, now I think about it more, I do... Yeah, I agree with that. I really was a fan of Amp Dylann, so really, like mm-hmm. Nunchuck last season. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to play Amp early on Glove, right? And yep. I played it this season, or since they changed how Amp is, and I could definitely notice the damage difference. I literally felt like I was doing oh, yeah. no damage. And with yeah, Amp being changed, which is why Nunchuck was like really good, because last season, because the Amp, scaling on nunchuck was really good compared to love but now since the amp firmware works differently if you're not building into amp you actually have no amp so and it, i mean the scaling's like not as good as it used to i don't think i don't think they doubled yeah. it compared to what it was before so
1: yeah not at all and in general i think uh the biggest thing about nunchaku here is that of course you know you talked about the amp dial in days and it's really difficult to do that nowadays even with the huge huge stats that Hydra ended up getting with season seven. It's just the uh, the multiple I think nerfs to the base damage as well as the scaling to the striking tiger really hurts overall for Ninchaku. I kinda talked about this here and there within the community as well. Obviously um with the sheer amount of terrorizing that people felt up against the dial in in the latter portions of season six, season six, I'm definitely not surprised that people would disagree with me on that one. But as someone who's been playing that gameplay style ever since season one, it's uh, kind of like the thing that I've uh at the end of season one where they nerfed the overall crit damage and then the damage, uh, what is it, the statistics for Nunchaku Lido and just straight up plummeted because the gameplay style of dial in on Nunchaku. You really need to try bursting somebody. And if you don't, then it's really difficult to turn things around.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's also with the burst parts. Again, in part with the amp changes. So, with with Nunchuck, even if you didn't build amp, that amp scaling just really helped your ultimate do more damage. But now that you can't do that anymore, like you actually have to build some amp if you want to utilize that amp scaling, it. Like, Nunchuck doesn't. Work like it used to, you know? So if Glove, when you n- never built Amp in the first place and you just really relied on your basic attacks, as you said, then you would get most of your damage just from like the autos in between your spells, not the spells themselves. Yeah, yeah let's. lower
1: defense stats too, right? <laughs> yeah, Overall. exactly.
0: I mean, yeah. um, that would help with, I guess, both ways, but I think it's mainly just like the Amp changes more so than. like. Basic attack for glove being better. I mean, like, yeah. they can work in between, but I think I, I just think the basic game more more uh, being better is more significant than or no, the, the skill amp being worse is more significant than the basic attack change
1: mm-hmm.
0: or the defense change in general. So, yeah, let's talk about Luke. So, I always think, and everyone also talks about Luke being a more of like a low elo character, as in, like, he's more popular in. Gold, so it's or gold or lower, so it's pretty surprising to actually see him have top three most pick rates right now in Diamond Plus and KR. For Luke, nothing honestly stands out with me with Luke getting changed. It would be really just the basic attack or just like lower defense in general across the board. I guess that would help Luke in, in general. And we can just see this Luke here, but he's actually going to be demolished by this viewer. But yeah, what are your thoughts with Luke this season?
1: I think it's just accessibility, right? A lot of the items that Luke's really liked to go were a lot more kind of the hybrid-esque builds that we saw a lot with the mallet build where you just kind of go, I think it was Pond, Hotel, Avenue into Alley. But then a big thing that i think changed for luke that really makes him a lot more accessible now is the fact that imperial crown now has cooldown reduction which is a stat that luke didn't really need per se but now that he has it it's really good a lot of luke players nowadays play very kind of a hit and run style gameplay where you hit your clean sweep you go in you land a couple of auto attacks and you walk away wait for it to come back up and go back in and of course, cooldown's really going to help with that. So, you're right in regards to the fact that I don't really recognize any huge changes for Luke, but indirect buffs, I think, overall for that character really makes him a lot more viable for the current meta, in which you don't really want to uh, fully initiate onto a fight unless you're guaranteed to win, which Luke can, of course, do nowadays with his hit and run play style.
0: Yeah, exactly. I also was thinking how good Monkey King Bar was. That item's been yep. nerfed a few times. But now with the fact that attack range can't be found on any item other than your weapon slot, I think Monkey King bar having, I think it was originally like 0.85 attack range bonus. I think it may have been one at one
1: point. Yep. Mm -hmm. Very long time ago.
0: (laughs) So that also I'd say definitely would help Luke as well reach those like just range characters or even just like melee characters in general a bit quicker. Yeah, our next character for our high pick rate is Sua, so Sua was honestly pretty bad from my understanding at the beginning of Season 7 just because of how Amp changed, but they gave her a pretty big buff, and last podcast actually Bran and I did mention Sua as a viewer Q&A, and Bran was saying how he thought that it wasn't that Sua was bad, but just the meta didn't work with Sua, you know. Yeah, if you if you understand what I mean.
1: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I was uh, gonna bring up that as well because we can see that Sua gameplay has changed in the rap in the past week, actually, as well, right? We've seen a lot of Vampirics usually on Sua, but now they're running the. Uh, the red sprite. And I think another big change is the fact that the tree got moved up from hotel up into temple. Which is actually the uh, ending spot for sewer builds in a lot of cases. Which makes her very easily accessible to that specific objective. She is absurdly strong with the current numbers that she has at night one. Very good for sustained rotations in regards to her damage windows. And on top of it, a lot of sewer players nowadays play her as a very poke kind of mage where you just use the odyssey and the red sprite damage because of how overstated that augment currently is in my opinion and you can just kind of poke people out keep them stunned locked down in one spot until you really want to start going in it's very similar to luke except you don't really hit and run you just hit and stay as far away as possible until you want to go back in
0: yeah i know you mentioned with the vamp change but if you actually don't know the reason why people aren't running vamp anymore is because the amp on it is actually really bad yeah. The the math done um, by I, I talked to Eclipse a lot just because he's oh no another or Linux main the top Linux main uh, last season and the last actually I think couple seasons and just doing the math on that it's not worth it anymore to run so like unless you're using the Omni Siphon for it it's not a good augment so that's why you'd see you're probably seeing a lot of Amp characters just change to Red Sprite because Red Sprite is actually really good and probably needs a slight nerf as well. So that's why Sua is not running it. That's why you're probably not seeing Vampiric in the meta anymore unless, again, it's on a character that was really only running it for the Omni Siphon, such as Rosie, if she's even still running it now.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Completely agree with you.
0: Um, And we have our last character, Leon. So... We talked about Leon last week. The thing, again, just to bring up with Leon, is he kind of got, well, he got a lot of buffs during the preseason patch, and he didn't really get touched overall. I I, I don't remember seeing him in the hotfix. If it was, it was quite minor, so it's just, it's always what I say with Leon, it's, the people who play Leon switch between him and Yawn. So specifically, I'll have to say Glove Yawn now since they've added Tonfa, uh, just because how similar the glove playstyles are, in my opinion. Like, except for really like Nikki, if you're most of the time, what you build on all the other glove characters is the exact same. So if Leon's bad, it's generally there. Everyone's on Yawn, and if Yawn's bad, then everyone's on Leon. So they just kind of pick whoever's the strongest character right now. And since the devs, I guess, don't really see that, or they say, like, oh, look, Leon's play rate's going down, we're going to buff him again, uh, everyone just changes back to Leon. So he did get a lot of AP buffs in the pre- preseason patch, as I mentioned. So I I would say that's why he is being played a lot more.
1: Yeah, and I think overall for Leon, especially his trades are very favorable as a front loaded fighter because she simply has cannibal, right? Like it's such a good sustained skill. And once you get to a certain amount of cooldown reduction, of course, you know, the moment you get something like the I guess now if you want to go tap roots as well, tap roots, queen of hearts, you go prominence as well. His shield cooldown is on such a low timer that trades are nowadays very favorable for him. And you talked about the attack power buffs that he got, but then we also include in tandem the defense nerfs as well. And it really just allows him to take very favorable trades with low amount of defense builds. I'm looking at right now, I think Brazil Gauntlet, something around the Dragon double, right? And then he has a couple of other, other items, but it doesn't really kind of substantiate the amount of sheer amount of defense, that Leon's usually built back then, but nowadays he has the leniency to not really do it because a lot of those quick-time trades most of the time will go in Leon's favor. And if he really does want to chase, you know, it's not going to be the best. I'm not going to say that Leon has one of the best chasing capabilities in the world, but at the same time, he definitely has the tools to keep up to somebody, and if they want to continue to fight, they definitely have the tools to do so.
0: Yeah, for for sure. And, I don't know, is Leon actually building... Uh, Dobok right now, just because yeah. Dobok doesn't have the attack range on it anymore. So. Yeah,
1: not anymore, but I think it's still just a uh, really good just in regards to the routing. Because one of the biggest things that Leon really likes to go nowadays is the permafrost. And a lot of the other builds that he goes, it doesn't really supplement him the stats that he kind of needs to stick onto people. Like, you do get some movement speed, of course, of all the all the boots kind of got the same amount of movement speed now as well as, you know, just uh, in general, he can build into some decent items that gives him additional movement speed like the Jolly Roger. But yeah, I think it's just there's a really good build for him right now. People are just continuously running it and dragging the books in there. Yeah.
0: Um, cool. <laughs> Yeah, and as uh, Eclis mentioned in chat, it does still give a lot of AP and CDR, which is definitely what Leon likes. That's why (laughs) he sticks to Queen of Hearts, like, that's what he he makes Queen of Hearts, right, with his first VF. Just because CDR on Leon is quite a powerful stat, it allows him to keep up with people.
1: At late you don't really need the attack power to get more from scaling in Leon anyways, your damage is supplemented by your passive, and then Cannibal once again gives you very favorable trade opportunities, so it's fine.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so let's look at our highest win rate character. Where how I break down highest or win rate in general is, I have like the actual win rate, but I also do what's known as like a normalized version. So this normalized version is, I just pick characters with at least a one percent pick rate. So just because, obviously, like, you may have only one or two good players on the character if if it's a really low pick rate, which can skew the stats a bit. So let's first off look at the actual win rate here. So there we go. So first, we have Dean at a 21.3% win rate, followed by Two-Handed or Fiora with a 20.3% win rate, then Dual Swords Jackie with a 17.9% win rate, Eleven with a 17.6% win rate, and finally, Adina with a 17.2% win rate. So let's first talk about Nadine. So well, here we're going to talk about both specifically. In, I mean, Nadine you can kind of talk about as a whole, very late-game-focused character, as you do more damage the more animals you farm. So the later you are in the game, the stronger you'll get. So oftentimes, especially with Bonadine, where you're kind of just passively farming animals, you uh, will just you're avoiding like bad situations, you're not really going for objectives, so you're not, yeah, put in these situations where you're gonna die early. And as a result, since Nadine has insanely good scaling, you just win if you live to the late game, right? Like unless you run into someone in the early game who can like kill you quite easily, like Kathy, uh just like, characters that have that, like, assassin play style or, like, burst damage, you're not going to really die. So it makes sense why Nadine has such a high win rate.
1: Yeah, and I think another big thing here is that we're still kind of feeling the after effects of the statistics from when the stack changes were not nerfed. Uh, I think it was, like, a patch or a couple fixes ago that that happened. Nadine's numbers for stacks were getting ridiculous at some point i think there was a video from one of our i'm going to bring up of course a different weapon here but one of our korean uh crossbow players where they hit actually a thousand stacks in one single game so the fact that you can just go that high with the stacks I, i don't know what the preconditions were of course like i don't know if the lobby was like a completely free lobby or anything like that but just the fact that you can do that, or you are able to do that, as in the dean, hypothetically to begin with. Of course, your numbers are going to be absurdly high. Dimonirons also been focusing a little bit more towards making sure that bow is a little bit more in the meta because of how much terrorization that happened with the crossbow meta during the mm, the middle to the end of season six. And this number it does seem <laughs> quite high, considering how I uh, don't really see too too many. Bonadines myself, but you know it's of course it can happen. And just uh, I just have to think about the fact that it can happen, and with the numbers that I saw, yeah, it's it's a, definitely a possibility.
0: Yeah. So with last week, if you're here for the podcast or even just listen to it, we didn't mention that Nadine stacks were pretty much doubled in the preseason. Yep. I guess their thought process was since Amps bad, we're just gonna put it into our kit. I Really don't know why they decided to double Nadine's stacks in the first place. Uh, because, especially since they also just recompensated Nadine's amps, like, bad amp scaling during the hotfix during preseason. And they did nerf her stacks slightly from what they originally gave it, but it was, like, two stacks off. It yep. Like, it wasn't significant. It's still way more than it was last season. And yeah. it's still, t- it's taking it to all the meta, like... You you can see it here. You probably are running into a lot of Nadines in general.
1: Yeah, and to begin with, those stack counts added uh, added onto the damage of either Wolf Assault or Bullseye. They are not affected by amp. It's just a one to one straight uh, damage addition, if I remember correctly, for both of the skills. So yes, being uh, is... that big of a damage buff for stacks alone is. <laughs> absurd i i looked at the numbers i was like oh this can't be right but it happens.
0: <laughs> yeah so if yeah if you're able to get a thousand stacks that's like a thousand just bonus damage added to yourself yeah uh, it's just one to one and i i've said it honestly since like a few seasons ago actually i think i made a post about it on the feedback and suggestion section where i said count needing stacks somewhere just do what they did with Kai. like there's no reason that needing should have infinite stack scaling I'm waiting for the day that they do it because they did it to Shukai. There's no reason why they shouldn't do it. And yeah, next up, we have Two-Handed Sword Fiora. So again, this is another character that is just like a late game character. Generally, like, generally Two-Handed Sword characters are known quite well for having great scaling on their basic attack. And so just surviving to the late game will give you a lot more damage compared to the early game. And that was just generally 2 hands sort of yours play style for the longest time. And looks like it really hasn't changed because she's up here on our highest win rates. So, and yeah, just with defense being lower across the board, I think that would help as well. But other than that, for 2 hands specifically, there's, I don't think they really changed too much.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is just a KR diff as well in some points, because KR is infatuated playing with a two-handed sword on a lot of characters that other international regions might not exactly. Like, you take a look at Yugi, you take a look at Jackie, you take a look at Fiora, a lot more people tend to play two-handed sword, whereas in international regions we'd be looking more at the other sub-weapons that those characters might be able to run. And uh, those players in KR who decide to run those two-handed sword Fioras, although they might not make up a huge percent of the Fiora population, if they do, then that's cool. Uh, they're pretty good.
0: <laughs> they yeah. are
1: very scary to just straight-up watch in general. So yeah, this number not surprising to me at all either.
0: Yeah. And I also like to mention as well, we have Dane's Leaf still being quite prominent oh. and easier to get. With the transfer consoles, which was a thing last season, but I'd also like to add that Penny Pincher has been added this yes. season, so all these transition items are easier to get because most characters are running Penny Pincher these days. So if you're looking for a VFF item, especially you're going to be running Penny Pincher, and you're actually able to get it about like a day earlier. So like if you originally had to wait till like night three, then you can get it during day three just because of Penny Pincher.
1: Yeah, or even Levitine, right? Because Levitine also has really good scaling. Two-handed sword in general has always been infamous for its incredible scaling into the late game as well. And pair the two together, you get an incredible combo.
0: Yeah, for sure. And now let's take a look at Dual Swords and Jackie. So, Dual Swords, I guess having a high win right now, is, for me, Dual Swords is generally that character that has to scale by, like, killing a lot of players in order to actually win so by her having quite a high win rate is telling me that dual swords jackie's kind of going on a rampage that's what i that's what i think when i see her up here i'm like oh no it's not this again please we dealt with that in what season five uh please no
1: (laughs) yeah i am in the end, it's a very scary playstyle to play up against. Or you just sit in one spot, you will die for the most part, because Jackie will just out heal everything that you did.
0: <laughs> yeah, and now I think this is probably actually more helpful for Jackie in general. I know I'm not going to talk about amp playstyles with Jackie on dual swords because those are non-existent. Um But the fact that healing factor got changed to not require amp scaling for the shield. Uh, is pretty big because like sure there was like some characters that would use that like benefit to them like you might see a random like crit Emma and just they had like good amp scaling so they'd actually have like pretty decent shields but now that's not a thing anymore so I think that benefits characters like tools or Jackie even more. Yeah, for sure. And then we have eleven. So. Yeah, we brought out 11 last week. Not a character that I thought really changed too much. The only thing, again, I will probably like mention over and over again with defense being low across the board and how 11 plays is generally very bursty. As in, if you get taunted once by 11, you're pretty much dead if she has the right items. Very much a stat checker. And uh, you pretty much get taunted into. Your her ultimate into hammer skill and if she has enough transition items or just enough damage in general then you're probably just going to die from that so oh, yeah uh,
1: her base numbers has always been pretty high ever since uh, the olden times after she first came out and uh, in general once again we're going to bring up the defense nerfs here right because uh, 11 just base damage in general really high and her gameplay style really punishes people who kind of walk into an 11 it's very difficult to kill her outside of that but you have to make it work somehow so the damage window that 11 has very brief but she can make very good use of it so not surprised about this one either although pretty sure her pick rate isn't as absurd as we're seeing her win rate here but the people who are very dedicated to the 11 gameplay style they are the ones that make this character work which is um Something that I think we can say for quite a lot of the characters here from the looks of it, right? Because I mentioned it for Two-Handed Sword Fiora. Thinking the exact same actually for Dual Sword. Eh, Actually, no, not really for Dual Sword Jackie, but I'm looking at uh, Dina on the side as well. But yeah, that's a little bit towards the future in just a moment, but yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just... And also, again... Looking at chat with Eclipse here, just Mythquiver also is, like, really good on characters like Jackie, like Eleven. If you don't know, they changed Mythquiver to no longer have the attack range on it, but instead it has swift strides along with its base movement speed. So you're actually getting, oh, I think it's 0.16 movement speed just from this item alone, which is pretty insane. Like, it's going to be the fastest non-shoe item in the game. So it allows... Melee characters, or just characters in general, to catch up to their opponents. As we can see with, like, this Felix here who has Myth Quiver on. <laughs> and let's look at our last character for our actual high win rates being Adina. So Adina was actually one of the characters, or so I've been told, that was not really impacted by the skill amp changes, as in she was still quite strong, Even after they changed skill amp, unlike most of the skill amp characters, and she still remains strong. She was quite strong at the end of last season as well, so yeah, it's just, and they also gave her some quite, quite nice buffs to her cooldowns. Overall, they're a lot shorter, and she also has cooldown reduction scaling, so this will be even more noticeable, even if she doesn't build CDR.
1: Yeah, and in the end, I think for Adena specifically, there were a lot of nerfs that happened, I remember, at the beginning of Season 7 as well. but And, and a lot of people actually within the Adena community were... We're pretty frustrated about the changes, but I think overall the core reason why Adina is very good is still there, right? The Empress with the religious Grasp is always really good for a character like Adina, that it can rotate through their skills really, really well. And I've seen some really good Adinas make it almost nigh impossible for almost any melee characters to really be on top of them at all, like ever. And that's where Adina really shines. You can just constantly poke people out. You have really good sustain, of course, with the star conjunct on your E if you really want to go for that as well. It's just a uh, good Adina players will make this character count. And I'm going to say that a lot when it comes to some of these stats, but you really have to appreciate some of our Adina players in the ER community.
0: Yeah, Adina, right now, like, although she, I'd say, like, one of the more difficult characters to learn, but once you understand her, what... Like conjuncts to use and oh, what, yeah. uh, star I don't know star symbols. I don't actually know all the proper terminology for, it, to be honest. But a lot. Once you, you <laughs> understand how to use them, it's you are a menace. Unfortunately, I'm not one of those players. So, I'm not uh, either. <laughs> I I I've, I've tried to play my character. <laughs> I've tried, but I'm like I I don't know how to play this character at all.
1: Yep. Yeah
0: and yeah so let's look at our normalized stats of win rate so these are characters all with at least a one percent pick rate so we have 11 actually with our highest pick or highest win rate with 17.6 as per mention. then we have william with a 17.1 percent pick or win rate then echion or echion i don't know how you want to pronounce the name with a 16.8 percent win rate We have, I forgot to put what symbol or what weapon Yawn is, because I keep forgetting he has Tafa now, but that's Glove Yon with a 15.5% win rate. And then we have Lennox with a 15.2% win rate. So we already covered 11, makes sense why she's up here. So let's look at William now. So William is just, again, another character that's going to benefit from lower defense. He's a very burst based character ideally what he wants to do is get you in his center ultimate into smoke screen so you are slowed as well as you can't see where you're going and then he just pelts you with his fastballs until you're dead (laughs) right and so if he's able to get a dyadic prism if he's able to get i don't what other items like halo i assume he'd want or maybe he's more crit focused so probably emerald tablet then you're probably just dead, right? Especially in the late game, where, know less defense across the board and better, easier to get transition items, so he's probably just melting people.
1: Yeah, in general, I just kind of looked at the list earlier when you sent me the graphics for this stuff, and I was just looking at it, and I'm like, wow, all of these characters that have a...
0: Sorry about that, guys. Uh, I thought they fixed this issue, but... I guess not. Hey, okay, hello.
1: We are. we better?
0: Okay, let me just um uh, double check. Okay, just say just say something. Uh, hello. Okay, it sounds fine from oh, cool. yeah from my end. There we go. Uh, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> uh, for the technical issues. Uh, but yeah. Okay. My gosh sorry that threw me off so <laughs> william but yeah adrenaline being added definitely i'd say has helped william and i think maybe this is just me being a more amp character fan but i think adrenaline is just a better version of vampiric bloodline as in like it's easier to there's more stacks first off and i mean obviously they're gonna balance based on stacks but the fact that you can use Adrenaline against animals when you can't use Vampiric, I think is another thing that people underestimate as well. It just makes Animal Clear time so much better. So now we have Echeon again. (laughs) Echeon is a character mentioned last time. So (laughs) Echeon is one of those characters that is in... (laughs) But that didn't really fall through the, like, lower defense frame. (laughs) He's just one of those characters that's like, I'm just going to stack defense and do a lot of damage still. Uh, Just like last season, and yeah, nothing's really changed with him. So he's able to get away with just stacking tank items and doing damage, unlike most, if not all, the other cast members.
1: Yeah, and another thing I think that really benefited Ekion recently, he did get a couple of stat nerfs, actually, recently. I believe both of his attack power scaling as well as his base attack power were nerfed. But it's as you mentioned, right? You just build a lot of defense, and over the time, you know, you build something like Black Mamba Tree of Life upgrade, then you get the damage around you with the effect when you're in VF Overload. You don't really need the attack power, and you also got scaling buffs on your Omnivamp on that VF weapon as well. So, very solid of a situation that Echion is in. Now, is that the same thing that a lot of Echion players say? I can't exactly confirm or deny that. But, in my personal opinion, the trade-offs that Echion has gotten compared to some of the nerfs that he's gotten, as well as the buffs that he's gotten, he's fine.
0: Yeah, just... I'm hoping that they do address Echion. Uh, he's been a character that people have wanted to address for a while yeah. now. I'd say, like, last season. Probably even, like, ever since he's really come out, to be honest. He's pretty much had the exact same playstyle. style. Sure, I know he got, like, mega hard nerfed. Like, the, what was it, the major patch after he came out. And then they buffed him slowly over time. Fixed some of his core, like, bugs. And he just hasn't really changed how he's played since. So it'd be appreciated if they do address Echion's, I guess, bulkiness or ability to do damage with, uh, even if he builds tank items.
1: I don't know. He is such a hard character to balance in a game like this. I uh, I said this a long time ago, and I still stand by it. I don't think there is ever going to be a world where Echion is perfectly balanced in a game like Eternal Return. He's either going to be Pretty strong to very, very strong, or he's going to be pretty weak to very, very weak. It's very difficult for a character with so much mobility like Ekion, as well as sustainability, for him to be balanced. It's uh, it's either you're really good at what you do, which is being mobile and constantly dealing damage around you and locking people down in one spot, or you can do that. you don't do damage to follow it up so people will over the course of time take you down as well which kind of gets supported now with the new augment that was added in season seven it's like the one with like the the fists in the picture i always forget the name of it but (laughs) that one it makes it really good
0: i think it's better retribution isn't it
1: yes they keep thinking retaliation and like brutal. I don't know. What's no, wrong the with other
0: game. one is Heavy D pads. They, I, I know you suggested a different name change, which I do agree with. I think Heavy D pads is such a
1: bad name. Yeah.
0: But yeah, it's better retribution. I actually didn't realize he used a uh, better retribution.
1: Oh, for the healing that you get, if you uh, let the stacks kind of decay out of time, you get, I think, 0.3% of your max HP. So what Echions have been doing a lot, especially around tree during night one, is they'll just kind of fight it, go into VF Overload, and during the downtime of it, they'll get their health back and just kind of go back and be annoying again, <laughs> is, is what they do until the person in question leaves and the Echion can pick up the tree. Yes, you already have lighting light and KR
0: guardian of light yeah not <laughs> heavy knee pads oh gosh that's a bad name <laughs> yeah and then let's look at glove we're not tofa i forgot that that yon had a second weapon while making this um but yeah again we talked about Leon before but this is actually a stage where i think both the Glov both yon and Leon are really good right now and and obviously, like the stats are kind of showing it. People are winning with Yon. And like I said, he has at least a 1% pick rate. So it's not just one or two people, it's a decent number. And a lot of people are playing Leon as well. So with Yon, he just has yeah, that another like burst combo type character. He ideally just wants you in his Tetragon. I believe that's what his ultimate's called. And just CC you with, uh, with, like, the kickback. I don't know what's called that one, but <laughs> uh, he just wants to, like, CC chain you and to just kill you with his auto attacks as well, so. Yeah, just, I think, yeah, lower defense, easier to get transitions. I don't know what augment is he using specifically. Do you remember or no?
1: Uh, I think for Glove, you can run a plethora of it, and eclipse did indeed get it right. It is Tomahawk Roundhouse for his kick, but you can run quite a plethora of augments on Glove Yan, which is, I think, one of the reasons why he's so highly sought after. You mentioned earlier, compared to Leon, you can either like pick Yan or pick Leon, whichever one's stronger. But for Yan, he has a lot of options. You can either run stuff like the Vampiric, which is still there. You could, of course, run something like Adrenaline, which I've actually seen from a couple people because it allows you to rotate through your animation canceling a little bit faster throughout the course of the fight, which does help Yan in a lot of cases, of course, with his unyielding passive stacks as well. Um, frailty is always an option. If you want to go for that healing factor, of course, it's, there's so many things you can do on Tomfa Yan. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Glove Yan. There we go. Um, I've always been so used to hoping for Tomfa Yan that it's just kind of stuck in my, it's just stuck on me, you know what I'm saying? but. Uh, yeah, for Glove yeah. yeah, not surprising at all, A plethora of build paths as well, so you, there's, you almost never get bored playing Yang, because he has so many different play styles you can play around with, so.
0: Yeah, um, he's just also, yeah, that character that does so well with transition, I mean, well, like, he's just so hard to deal with once he gets those transitions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He kind of just chases you until you die he just i feel like he's just like a run at me character like yeah. I, I hate facing you on it's like i can't do anything he's just charging at me <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then last uh for our high win rate characters is lennox so i actually have like a decent insight into this uh being a lennox player with the amp changes lennox was definitely weaker but they've since buffed like pretty much all, if not all the AMP characters at this point, to being like usable. But the thing that Lennox struggled with like last season, we're gonna compare, because that was definitely like her weakest point, I guess, since probably since season one or two, like last season, was that she didn't really have enough damage in the early game to warrant like being used compared to a lot of other characters. But now how they've changed AMP. Where you don't have to like worry as much about your your base numbers, where you can actually like use your scaling first. Like with how scaling worked before, you know, it was like if you had 200 base damage, then it would like multiply it by like the percentage you had. But now that it doesn't work like that, and it just adds or like yeah, it adds it based off its multiplier. You don't have to have really high base damage anymore. You can actually do a decent number of damage even if it's like level one to scale. Like that was the main goal and I think it worked out for most of the characters and Lennox was not an exception to that and is really strong early game as a result and is easy once she gets Temple Tree because there's actually a new Lennox route for Temple Tree that's really good on her. She's able to just kind of kill like anyone that comes to that tree and just scale from that point. That's why she is up here in this win rate. So it's probably best if they like nerf her base value and give her better scaling, maybe. Uh even because the main reason why she's doing so well is because her early game is such uh so dominant.
1: Yep, and uh, Sentinel worked on her as well, so a lot of shields coming in from both her passive as well as the Sentinel shields, so that was a bit difficult, at least for me, to deal with, so, yep.
0: Okay, I'm gonna say this, though, maybe you won't believe it, but Sentinel Lennox was just, was actually not that good it as people thought it was. I know,
1: but it was kind of annoying <laughs> playing into it, because <laughs> I remember uh, Salty Taco was playing it quite often, and he kept wrecking me, it sucked. <laughs>
0: It's not as good as people were making yeah. it out to be. Definitely. Probably going to do, you're going to do frailty. And if you're not doing frailty, uh, it's, you're probably doing red sprite as, in care I think still on vampiric for Linux, even though vampiric is mathematically not better than frailty at this point. But mm-hmm. I don't know if KR is not checking the math or that they just are on copium about <laughs> vampiric still. Um, but... Yeah, so you might be doing Vampiric as well.
1: Hey, the placebo effect worked, okay? That's all that matters.
0: <laughs> the placebo, yeah. Um, Sentinel being good. They even nerfed it. I am assuming just yeah. because of Lennox, because who else was running Sentinel uh, in solos other than Lennox? Um. I don't know. They They nerfed it for, I guess linux using it even though it wasn't that good anyway
1: it's really but, weird because the toolkit for sentinel says single target skills but like everything on linux is multi-targeted it's still procted i'm still <laughs> super confused about that
0: <laughs> yeah it's it has to be a mistranslation no it's right? not
1: actually it's the exact same wording in korean as well
0: oh really yeah, it's I just suck. it's uh, yeah i i think or maybe they don't understand what a single target skill means. I don't know. That would be the only thing then if it's not a translation issue. Because, like, that's... No, likes doesn't have uh, any single target well, other than, like, your I bleed pick, off ultimate. I guess, yeah. <laughs> if, whips, can I even proc off... Actually, no, it can proc off weapon skills now, right? If, didn't they change weapon skills to be spells?
1: I have no clue.
0: <laughs> so, if, if it counts off weapon skills, then yeah, but... It just serves spells in general all multi hit, except the bleed from Ultimate, which is you know, obviously single target. So, but yeah, that was just, I guess, an inability to write. <laughs> so, because <laughs> the, they don't know what a single target spell is. Yeah, it's just there's spells that can multi hit people, but if it only hits one target. <laughs> then it procs. That's what it should be written as. Yeah. (laughs) Not very simplified, but, I mean, that's how it works. (laughs) So, let's look at our... Next up is our average kills. So, let me pull up that. So, our high... These are the actual stats for our highest kills. Um... So we first—I forgot to put the fewer ones, but if you don't know me. I only use musketeer Fiora on rapier. So if you see a musketeer Fiora on the skin, <laughs> eh, if we're talking about rapier. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have rapier fewer with a one point one average kills, followed by Barbara with one point eight six average kills. Then we have—that's actually two-hand sword fewer. With 1.73 average kills, then Felix with 1.68 average kills, and last but not least is Laura with 1.59 average kills. So, Rape your Fiora being back with really high, or yeah, with high average kills is a little surprising, but I guess the buffs that she got have been doing really good for her since, like, during the preseason she was definitely on the weaker end because being an amp character like rapier plays an amp style spear and two hand and sword play with krant so just with amp being hit in general it hurt rapier fjord they gave her a bunch of amp scaling buffs and that has helped her quite a bit and she's actually in combination with red sprite which i know that's what they've been using has helped her do really well. And I guess the players who play Rapier Fiora are able to utilize that as well.
1: Yeah, I hate dealing with the red spread. It's probably the main reason why a lot of these characters I mean we we talked about it with Sua as well, right? These melee characters where you just poke for a living. You can do that with Bjorn's Q as well. Ah, uh, I don't know. It's it's really tough to say about that one, but overall, I mean, you know, you can scale pretty well, especially with some of the transition items. I think one of the biggest things about AMP characters nowadays is that their early game. Their numbers aren't that great, but the more and more you transition into late game, you have items like Persona now, where it gives you an absurd amount of stats. And Mistleteen is also very, very good compared to Sword of Justice, and all you need is a treat for it, so... Overall, it's uh, not bad of a character to be running right now, post the season seven patches. And as you mentioned, she's pretty alright.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just clarify: these are the actual high or ha- actual average kills. I will be showing the normalized version, which is at least a one percent pick rate after we cover these characters. So, just to keep that in mind, that Rapier Fiora does not have that high of a pick rate. So it's mainly just the character or the players that use her, yep. such as, um, I guess, someone you guys may know from the channel, or who's, like, great as before, 4D, he's a really good Chinese Fiora player, actually, maybe a Taiwanese Chinese player, or Taiwanese player, who is really good with Fiora, and I, yeah, so you you may have seen some of his games playing Rapier Fiora. Yeah, let's move on to Barbara. So Barbara is also not a popular character, but she's, she's been, I guess, killing a lot of people for just another burst character. I think a lot of these characters have in common is this, like, burst. Like, if you just look at the top five here, they just play with, yeah, like a burst combo. We know with with Barbara using amplification drone, using the RW, and just W spamming until you're dead. <laughs> and and even like with rappier fear with her ultimate doing a lot of damage as long as you hit all three rs, and yeah, just it's able to finish up people or like kill a lot of people as almost a two average kills per game, which is kind of insane to be honest, but that I think shows how low the defense is right now and how easy it is for characters to rack up kills.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know really have much to say for Barbara. I haven't seen too many of them around nowadays, especially in North America. Our resident uh, our resident Barbara players I haven't really been playing her as much, but, you know, I, I mean, I've seen the potential on this character, and, you know, with the way that AMP has been nowadays, I wouldn't be surprised about it at all.
0: Yeah, and of course, most of, as I already mentioned, most of the AMP characters have been buffed when they were, like, really weak during preseason, so it does reflect, as we can see, as three out of the five characters in those average kill are actually Amp
1: characters. Um,
0: yeah, so don't think Amp is weak anymore if you were thinking that for some reason.
1: Yeah, it's the transitions that really make those characters really good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, the transitions with Persona being added... I think that was that was the main thing with amp. Yep. It was just persona being added, and I guess Iron Maidens is another thing that yes. is really good right now. That's what amp characters are using. Yeah, glacial oh, shoes are <laughs> yeah, glacial. Glacial shoes are just dead, but we have the, the Iron Maidens. So amp, and also just Kibana being really strong as well, having ninety skill amp on it, which is the most skill amp of, of of any item right now. Yeah, uh, let's look at, uh, we already talked about Two-Handed Sword, Fiora, so we're going to just move on to Felix. So Felix, as you guys may have seen if you've been watching the the stream or, like, the video version of this podcast, is, just has so much burst to them. Like, if you're close enough that Felix can just, like, get in, which, especially if he has Methyl Quiver, it's uh, so much easier for him to chase you. You probably are just kind of dead. He may seem like squishy, but he's one of those characters that still sometimes like uses diamond shards. Sometimes they use adrenaline, either or. So you you either have like enough defense that you don't need to worry about like being super squishy, or you just kind of burst someone. You have adrenaline, so your attack speed and basic attack amp is a lot higher. Yeah,
1: very so. similar to dual sword yuki in that regards right you have a lot of good things but the thing that also goes in favor for felix is blazing lance that thing is scary The moment A-Felix has it, their damage just ramps up so fast. And, you know, you can, of course, get Blazing Lance very early on because it is a tree item. But a lot of times, Felixes will call the item in or at least go for it at night two when they're a bit more comfortable fighting. And they have access to Shadow Stamp to easily proc the Diamond Shard if they are running something like that. So, very potent. Uh, is exactly as you mentioned as well. He looks very squishy. But he will kill you before you think you can actually get to him. And uh that's what really kind of makes Felix very, very scary to fight up against right now. His auto attack speed is absurd at the moment as well with the current builds that he has. Pretty scary character.
0: Yes. And yeah, I also just think his chase is like really good as well. They've been slowly buffing him since or like throughout season six as he pretty much was not a character after they nerfed him several times in a row because he was i mean it was deserved but they pretty much killed him and they've been slowly buffing him throughout season six and just with new augments being added new ttk or like lower ttk it is new just it's just helped felix overall and yeah he's was talked about in our last episode and it's still pretty much the same they gave him I think a couple nerfs during that hotfix, but it was minor. Like, most of the hotfix nerfs are overall, like, quite minor and haven't really changed the meta at all. Mm-hmm. So our last character here is Laura. So Laura is another character that uses Red Sprite, similar to, like, Rapier Prefure we talked about, and they've kind of changed... I think they changed how laura like they shifted her damage into her ultimate a lot more compared to her passive if i remember correctly maybe you can you remember what exactly that i changed with laura
1: yeah i mean you're you're about right there i think another big thing there is the post cast delay stuff again i'm gonna bring that up here it really broke laura when it comes to the actual play style of it but once they fixed it i think the uh the the what is it the buffs that they gave laura really makes her still a standout character i don't think she's uh played it as much nowadays because while laura has been broken multiple times i think in the past couple of patches people found other stuff to play but the people who still stick by that character have found an all you i think love for the sheer amount of easily easily accessible rotations of skills that you can do with the post cast stuff that was happening in season seven
0: Yes I've yeah post is also a thing I've we've well, at least me I probably should have just more especially when we talked about Nadine I did mention it last episode, but Nadine post cast between her monkey wire and her squirrel trap, which her w and e if you don't know the name have felt really nice, but it's allowed her a lot better escape potential because you can place your monkey wire a lot quicker, and as your Squill Trap, so you can slow the enemy and get away quicker than you used to. But yeah, I just mentioned Nadine because she's on <laughs> the stream now, and I forgot to mention it last time. But yeah, let's look at our normalized average kills now. So these are characters with at least 1% pick rate. So we still have Helix here as our top character at... For average kills, we'll have 1.68 kills, followed by Laura with 1.59. Then we have Shuriken Sahir with 1.57, Adriana with 1.53, and we have Glove Yon with 1.49. So we've just talked about average kills with Felix and Laura, so we're going to talk about Shuriken Sahir. So a lot of the Shuriken characters have been really strong right now. That was a pretty big topic last podcast episode which they did actually nerf a bunch of shurikens since then so that's why they're probably not as high up because of those changes yeah but see Sah- here's been fine i guess he's was one of the shirken characters not as badly impacted by it not that they were like severely nerfed it's we still see a lot of shirken the Cellos, but just not top five right now for any stats. that I actually, I believe, but yeah, just with shuriken here, another character with lots of burst. So he's able if you get too close to him as like a melee character, you're gonna get tornadoed into his ultimate and caltrops, and you're probably just dead from that. To be honest,
1: yeah, he's really fun to play. The thing about him, though, I think, is death room diff. <laughs> Hikes is way yes. strong. It's not I, I've been an avid uh kind of like a, an avid person kind of fighting against the idea behind hikes. It's it's not healthy in my personal opinion. You hit one skill, you just back off. There's like two hundred two true damage now uh right there. And with the scaling that shuriken characters have nowadays, those true damage numbers can sometimes go into the three hundreds, which is absurd for the cooldown, but Overall, here very bursty kind of character, which is why I actually kind of appreciate the fact that he, okay, he can most of the time, if you're trying to one-shot rotate somebody, only makes use of one Hex. But at the same time, fun character, I think is... The, the people who play him are cracked. That's <laughs> that's hands down just fact. If uh, his numbers are that high, it's because the people who are playing him are still dedicated to the arts of the uh, Caltrops and the park of course. Other than that, he's fun. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, just, I will admit, out of all the characters in the game, Sahir is one of those characters that definitely requires a lot of skill to play because he has a lot of, like, his whole kit is just skill shots, so if you're able to do quite well on him, you're landing your skill shots quite accurately, unlike, I will admit... (laughs) Some of the characters like ARI that aren't as skill-expressive out there. What do you there. mean? <laughs> <laughs> but what I mean, AR, I mean not even just ARI, just AR in general. <laughs> like, But yeah, if you you can do quite well in here, I do applaud you. Yeah, now let's move on to Adriana. So Adriana was another character that wasn't badly impacted, if not honestly, I'd say like maybe got a slight buff with the amp changes. Just the, yeah, just the scalings they gave her were quite good. Like her Q, like her flamethrower, did a lot of damage still. And it makes sense that her average kills are quite high for our at least 1% pick rate characters. I still think her damage is, like, really good. And she's able to just kite people until she just, like, kills them, right? So she's not, like, a burst character it's like most if not all the characters thrown here like generally like she's like a a character that takes some time to kill but if you get too close for like her thing thrower definitely hurts
1: yeah actually um i think this is going to be the one where i'm going to be disagreeing with you for the first time actually in this one um and this is this is just going purely by feel, right? I'm not someone that does numbers. There's a bunch of people in the Adriana Discord that's done numbers That's said, it's okay, you know, it's not bad. But personally speaking, I actually played a lot of Adriana right before Season 7 dropped. And over the past couple of weeks, I have kind of found myself straying away from the character because it feels... Mm, it feels like i don't get rewarded for landing my skills as often and of course once again this is just purely by personal feeling as well i'm not a master adriana player by any means but i think a big kind of change there that really affects the way that i specifically play adriana is the change to fireball in season seven making it a true somdi fire item instead of just being able to build up into it um I don't know i was actually kind of surprised when i saw adriana up here i know in pr especially the adriana players there are genuinely cracked so it's not like the number here is all too surprising but it's a little bit hard for me to personally accept just knowing my <laughs> personal experiences once again no merit because <laughs> i'm not that yeah. amazing of a, an adriana player here but yeah that's just uh personally what i thought
0: <laughs> yeah. Actually, I did think about that, but yeah, a Ecl- clip from chat yeah, did make a good point that they might do, uh, just use all of their alt charges on you at the same time. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of Etriones. I'd say, uh, actually, probably just in whole use amplification drone, so that they can have probably... like a decent amount of burst if they waste if they use all their ch- or charges at the yeah. same time or like in a really short time frame. So. You can, I'd say, like, yeah, that, like, that is Burst, but it's, I don't know, I, I don't see it as typical Burst, but maybe I'm just, <laughs> like, biased about Adriana and just remembering how she used to be where you play, with, like, the long game. Yeah. Compared to what she, mainly, this is actually mainly with, like, Season 6 change where they changed her flamethrower from true damage to amp damage, and I think that's when mainly yes. she started to go from, like, that slower attack power hype play style to, like, a full amp spec.
1: I agree.
0: And, yeah. We already mentioned Love yawn just in general. His win rate is high. And just just overall, like, most characters, if your win rate's high, it's because your average kills are also, like, pretty high. Just how they've changed the meta as a whole to, like, value kills a lot more over placement. Like, that's just in general. So, it makes sense that... Yon is having a lot of kills and winning a lot. So, our last we're going to look at is our average rank. So, we're going to look at first the, like, what is it? Just, like, overall average rank. So, first, obviously, you can see this. Our best placer is Johan. This is probably not a surprise to most people. With a 3.8 average rank followed by Priya with a 5.0 average rank then two Hannah Sword Fiora with 5.4 then Dagger Jackie with 5.4 as well file and followed by Shuriken Emma. I will actually specify Shuriken here because we're gonna get yes. Arcana Arca- Arcana Arcana Emma soon. That'll be next patch. So if you're listening to this feature yes this is when Arcana Arcana is not out yet. But yeah. Or, so, uh, oh, you... yeah, no, it's all oh, right. Sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we'll talk about Emma later if you're going to add something with Emma. But with Johan, it's probably not a surprise to anyone here. He's just a character in solos because this is just a solos stats. If In case you are wondering, the reason why he's such high placement is because that's all they do. Like, they just run away from people. And most people are not bothered to face them because it's not worth their time. So that's why the few Jan players that play in solos and diamond plus are have such a high average rank.
1: Yeah, I think in general, I can. Uh, th- th- I was just about to say earlier that I was going to try to generalize everything that was happening here. They're either very slippery or they're very tanky. <laughs> and uh, Johan does both. <laughs> just is yeah. uh, why, of course, he's very not surprising there. I've heard that Smart Bomb's been nerfed, but the escape mechanic's still there if the players really want to go for it. So there's still a safety net for Johans, but the fact is, you know, it's still there. Johans are not going to get as many kills from now on because of the Smart Bomb nerfs that did happen recently. But they're still very slippery. You can still build very tanky with the Hieroglyph if you want to start running that continuously as well. He's just a pain. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so, sorry for the, the technical issues. It should be we're, we're having That's right here. Let me uh, If anything, let me
1: try unplugging my mic. I'll be right back.
0: It, it won't be you. It's my it's Discord. I know. Sure. Um, I don't know why, but OBS does not like it when I separate Discord's audio source. I don't have a solution. I've trying a different program, and it seems to be the exact same problem, which is unfortunate. But, um, hopefully there's a solution to it. Maybe, I'm hoping OBS will fix this for the future. Because it was a problem with, I used to use it on a plug Not that you guys care at all. <laughs> um, but now it's built in through OBS itself. So maybe OBS will address the bug instead of worrying about the, the plug yeah, welcome back. Let me. That's not you. It's it's my it's it's Obia. It's it's been a problem for a hot minute. I do apologize for the the interruption.
1: That's okay. It happens. We don't have all full control of everything. Sometimes it happens.
0: <laughs> so, I don't think there's much. The ad about Johan, unless you had something else. I think you covered pretty much what you wanted to say.
1: Yeah, not at all. That's it.
0: Okay, so now we have Priya. Priya again it was actually before you like brush off Priya because overall, like last season, was definitely not the character that did a lot of damage during preseason. She actually saw a huge spike in play rate. Her damage went through the roof uh, just because of the buffs they gave her. They gave her a lot of buffs during preseason, I guess, because they were like, oh, yeah, she's an amp character. She's going to get hurt a lot by this. But no, she the buffs are actually were more than the nerfs, so she became really strong. But they ended up nerfing her a lot, and now she's just kind of back to being like an obscure pick. But she still has that kit where she's able to get away from people between her... I have no idea what her is called at all, but between the fruit from that, if you... The pizza cutter... <laughs> That's what I think of it, Um, and yeah, just I think and her ultimate.
1: (laughs) Uh, she's a funny character to go up against. I can definitely say that at the least. She has a lot of uh, ways to get away from people, and as you mentioned, her damage was pretty good. So, her average rank is not bad. Um, it's definitely a bit higher than I would have imagined. But once again, going back to personal experiences. She's very slippery, so it's understandable why it might be up there. And she has a lot of safety nets that she can go back to, and a lot of zone control, which helps her do what I just mentioned all the more so. So not bad.
0: Yeah. And then two H four. Um, we we've talked about two H four a lot. She's brought up a lot here. Even though she's brought up a lot, I will just note that her hit rate is not that high at all. It's really just like a few. Dedicated to InnoSword of Fewer players who are doing really well with her across the board. Uh and I already mentioned it before, but with two H being a scaling character, your average rank is gonna be above average overall because you're trying to scale. But yeah, now we have Dagger Jackie. Probably it's not a surprise to anyone about Dagger Jackie. She just most people who play Dagger Jackie are playing her to get a high average rank, like that's the point of people playing here like overall sure you can say there's like a few people at least in kr anyway i'll just also specify not across like all the regions especially in kr that mainly the dagger jackie players are playing her to rat and run away from fights so and just like jackie's kit overall has been like really good for that and with dagger you have dagger skills so you're able to Sneak out of a fight if someone doesn't have a camera. Which is, I guess, it's the only caveat, but that often happens.
1: The only time I really see Dagger Jackie ever being aggressive or offensive is during team modes. And this is not what we're looking at, so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. And then, last but not least, was Shuriken Emma. Emma, another character that I'll say generally has like an above average win rate. And just her kit in general is... As Shuvi has said, a lot of the time is very slippery. She has a lot in her kit to get away from you if she doesn't want to fight you. Between her hat, I don't know, actually. And don't don't ask me about the names of stuff overall. But her... sorry, it's <laughs> just me. <laughs> yeah, no. I feel like I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> uh, I'll do my best, but that. The hat, okay, I, and the bunny morph. I love that one, okay, <laughs> and um, I don't know. Again, her ultimate—that's all I got. Magic trick, something I don't know. So she's able to escape people quite easily, and that's why her average rank is high overall.
1: Yep, you covered everything perfectly. It's uh, another person that really likes using RetSprite. Sprite. Uh, and then, you know, of course, nobody really likes fighting her ever because when she's good, she's good.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: She's just, good right now.
0: Yeah, and plus, also, just I will mention with our drink, Death Room is really strong, and Death Room has a slow on it that lasts for four seconds. So it gives her a lot of time to get away as well. Just that slow, you're not going to be able to catch her. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's on top of the Dub Dealer slow that you get on top of it as well if you manage to land that. She is a force to be reckoned with nowadays, and it's really easy for her to pick up Death Rune because, once again, we're going to go through Penny pincher, and she really likes using Thorn Shackles as well, or Thorn brambles. sorry. I think it's what it's called, but yeah, she is uh, not fun to play up against nowadays, and it still stands as almost any character across the board. Even if you're a range, you'll just get blown up, or if you're a melee character, you'll get Infinitely kited.
0: Yeah. And last of our top characters is our actualized ranking stats. So we have Emma, we've already just talked about Emma, with 5.7 average rank, followed by Axe Jackie with a 6.1 average rank, then followed by Two Handed Star Jackie with 6.6 average rank, then Daniel with a 6.7 average rank, and Alex. With a 6.7 average range. So, we talked about Dagger Jackie, but I'll just mention the other two Jackie weapons here, Axe and Two-Handed Sword. It's just uh, Jackie's can't in general, with being able to get away from people with between her W movement speed, I ignore the names, and her jump on her E, she's able to escape... Th- from a lot of fights if she doesn't, like, want to. But, again, that means she doesn't have the tools to, like, fight you back if she does... Well, I say that, but... Overall, it's like she doesn't have as many tools to fight you if she uses those spells to escape, but, yeah, it's just allows her to get high average rank overall.
1: In general, these two weapon styles also really kind of... Uh, when you do run these two, you kind of go for a little bit of a tankier, front-line fighter stat, whereas, you know, of course, for dagger, you're going for a little bit more of that straight up tank. This is a bit more of the fighter side. So, you know, it's not surprising to see them uh, where, you know, we saw the not average, uh, not actualized ones. But this time around here, it's not bad. Uh, You can see why this happens when they do have a at least 1% pick rate, It's uh, understandable.
0: And then we have Daniel. Daniel is another character whose kit allows him to get away from fights if he doesn't want to fight. Uh, Just between his Q, the slow on it, if you hit center Q, and he's also a dagger character, so he has dagger skill as well. As well as also having a dash in his kit. A lot of tools to get away from people if he doesn't want to fight.
1: Yeah, we can say the same thing for Alex too, if you want to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> say exactly the same thing. So for Taylor, put it on yeah. the Alex, like, yep, you got that right. <laughs>
0: Pretty much just all the characters, and this, sc- yeah, the screen is just have kits to get away from people. If they don't want to fight you. So, yeah, and I will just mention with Alex slightly is that he is a character that does a lot. Or, like, he's generally crafting a lot of weapons because he needs all those weapons for like, to play him optimally. And so, generally, you're not going to find him at, like, obje- night one objectives or even really day two objectives just because he is crafting weapons. So he's not putting himself at risk for dying early. So that's why this is... Average rank would also be higher as well. Mm-hmm. And now let's move on to... Are, are bad characters, I guess is what we want to say. <laughs> uh, so let's start off with these are low pick rates. These, but these are the act or no these are normalized. What I mean by normalized for this one is that I did not consider characters who have better weapon types. So an example would be maybe uh, spear shoot guys not being played a lot now, but dagger shoot guys being played a lot. So it's not really a low pick rate. It's more of there's a better weapon option for him, that's why no one's playing up. So these are characters that have like that are actually like lowest pick. Excluding if you included all the weapons they have. So first up is Freya, who apparently has a zero percent pick rate, which I don't know how considering we had her on the the high average ranks, so I guess it's neg neglig- <laughs> it's basically negligible. I guess maybe someone had like one game, if not two games on her <laughs> Then we have Johan with a 0.1% pick rate, followed by Carla with a 0.2% pick rate. Mai also has a 0.2% pick rate, and then our last and honestly newest character having a 0.3% pick rate. So we talked about Priam, Johan, and I'll just summarize those two characters, not like through like their average rank, but basically they have low pick rates because they're mainly meant to be played as a support character in team modes. That's why the devs design their kits in general, and that's why they aren't good in a solo setting, just because they're supposed to support people, right? They're not supposed to, to be the damage dealers or have damage in the kit.
1: Yep, you can see that pretty much, I think, for um, I think the next couple of characters as well, although, of course, it's not to the specific extremes of those two. Um, I think with a lot of the changes that came in season 7, you know, we've heard that Mai hasn't really been the greatest, Carla hasn't exactly been the greatest, although I think that may change uh, with the most recent hotfix that we actually had for Carla changing one of her scaling stats. And for Martina, she she's new. It's it's fine if her pick rate is low. Um, there's a lot of controversy about Martina, and I have my very own uh, opinions of it as well. If you want to hear it, I'll talk about it another time because it's very extended, and I think we're <laughs> a little bit behind if I'm looking at it correctly as well. So um, Martina having a low pick rate, it's fine. A lot of people like her. A lot of people dislike her as well. It's what happens. It's a new character. People need time to figure out.
0: Yeah, um, so we'll, we'll touch on Martina, I guess, after we touch on Carla and Mai first. Uh, you did talk, a, you gave like an overall summary for those characters, but I just wanted to expand it a little bit just for people who don't read the hotfix or don't remember the hotfix, you know. So with Carla, Carla got changed to no longer have Armor Pen as one of her scaling stats, but instead has scaling up. And it's possible that now she'll be better because of this change. Well, just kind of to, kind of have to see. I think she also got buffed in like both hotfixes. Normally, there's only one hotfix between, uh, like, like uh, Monday uh, and now. But there's like actually...
1: it's it's basic attack amplification to skill amp, but uh, oh. they, they nerfed the armor pen substantially. But it's still there.
0: <laughs> okay, sorry. Yes. Okay, my mistake there. So ignore what I said, it's just the yeah basic attack that was removed for spelling app, not the armor pen. So, I was like, yeah, when I said it, I was like, this doesn't really make sense, because the app characters <coughs> would like the armor pen, so yeah, that would make a lot more sense.
1: Yeah, basically, it just changed your damage from her harpoons to just salvaging. That's that's basically all it did, but it's been the playstyle for, 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 for Carla a while now. Uh, we've seen a lot of Ballista builds from her, kind of transitioning into the Legend of the General a lot. So I think this change will really help. It's just way too recent of a change for it to make any sense. So I expect Carla's pick rate to go up a little bit here. But to begin with, we didn't really have that many Carla players. So I-, I don't know about that all too much. I think she'll be better, though.
0: Yeah. And then we have my. I don't know. This, for me. I feel like Mai's honestly fine, but maybe that's a hot take. I'm just surprised that Mai's pick rate's so low right now. I don't know. Maybe it's just because she, honestly, I find her really boring to, like, fight. I don't know. I feel like if you play her, she's probably quite boring as well. Maybe. Again, these are basically some hot takes I'm coming up with. But with between transition items being easier to get, with Mai having her special... Chess pieces, I will say that her chess pieces, like specific ones, did get some nerfs specifically related to defense overall, just but that's again across the board, defense got nerfed. So not just unique to her unique chess pieces. But I would think that Carla being like a basic attack character that she'd be fine right now. But I've been the stats are saying no, she's not fine. <laughs> uh but yeah i think or did you have something with my that you'd want to add other (laughs) as i said i i think i have a hot bunch of hot takes but maybe they aren't as hot as i think
1: i don't know i think it's uh i mean let's be real a lot of the people in international regions that played my a lot are just playing other characters now and for people in kr they're so optimized nowadays when it comes to changing out characters and we just had estelle release as well like estelle is just a better Mai except for transitions in my opinion into basically everything that Mai wants to try doing for her support for her uh for her backline character if you want to kind of talk about team modes and solos of course I can't really talk about that as much because seeing Mai to begin with is very rare it's kind of hard to see um what she'll be able to do nowadays we saw a video of her her earlier with once again if you guys were watching the stream but it's not all too common seeing that character there's just more interesting fighters that are tanks nowadays to play like marcus or even the estelle as i mentioned earlier as well i, I don't know i find marcus real i find my both really boring to fight into and also to play so
0: yeah uh, i'm just i i feel like she's just so uninteractive with the fight but you know. <laughs> then martina uh, okay, I yeah, I don't want to go too long with Martina because I, I'm honestly surprised how long our second episode has been already. We were wrapping up with last week, but not. Yeah, we're, We still have a, a bunch more to go, so... Martina, she, yes, is on the newer end, so her pick rate might reflect that, but normally when the character's, like, super strong, like, I'll say with, like, Felix release, when he was super strong... Even his pick rate, like, after a few days being in rank was super high already. So, I think this kind of just shows that Martina is not on the stronger end for new characters. She has a lot of flaws in her kit, just from my experience playing her. And I I made a whole video about Martina, which, if you're on YouTube listening to this, I'll link it at the top right for you guys to see what my thoughts on her Martina. But yeah, I just think... Kit right now for solos is probably even just in general, it does not really work.
1: I don't know, uh, She it's way too early to really tell, right? I think uh, I have a once again a pretty hot take for Martina as well, in that she's fine compared to a lot of other people's opinions. Uh, I can probably talk about that on my own time. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I really want to talk about, Martina, and I need to like break up diagrams and everything, and I don't want to take the time here to do that so.
0: Yeah, if you if you have like I don't know a thirty second summary, like feel free to like um, a minute summary, okay. like a short summary. So,
1: yeah, so pretty much like her power progression is very different. Uh, that's what I've been pr- pretty much telling everybody. And she has safety nets to get to her power spike, which is just literally a vertical jump compared to everybody just kind of like diagonally getting stronger over the course of the game. It's just the uh, heavy D pads really make her viable in my opinion, and that allows her to get to the broadcasting point uh broadcasting form but if until then of course she's turbo weak it's it's supposed to be how she's played so i think she's fine cuz she has that mark where she gets absurdly strong towards the late game when you reach that objective
0: yeah i don't know from yeah i know you said that your take is a hot take or or opinionated. for me the few games i played her the thing i found struggled with is that for her to get, like, to her, like, stronger state, you you kind of have to play against people who are not thinking about Martina's kit. And I feel like if people were more uh, aware of how she was played, they wouldn't play how they are against yep. Martina right now. Instead of, like, oh, I'm by the meteorite, and there's Martina trying to take a snapshot, I should just dash away because her, her ult's on, like, a 45-second cooldown, so she can't do it again. <laughs> um, it would... Definitely nerf Martina a lot more. That's why, as a close side, it's Bartima. Just because you, you kind of need a team to help you get your passive up. You need some agents in the game, in <laughs> my opinion. Um, but yeah, these are just some like quick thoughts on Martina. Again, if you want to know my Thor thoughts on Martina, you can check out that YouTube video. At least after this video, though. So you. <laughs> but yeah, let's move on to our actual pick rate. So. These are considering uh, all weapon types. I don't know why Marcus. If Marcus is on, oh, this one might be the wrong one. Be, give me a quick second. Yeah, this is.
1: This is last week's.
0: This is last week's. Staff. I'm like, wait a minute. Why is Marcus here? <laughs> uh, pick rate slow. Okay, there we go. So, there we go. Not last week's. So we have preamp again. Then Yohan—or yeah, Priya with 0% pick rate, followed by Yohan with a 0.1% pick rate. Then Throsisela with a 0.1% pick rate, followed by AR Aya or Assault Rifle Aya with a 0.1% pick rate, then Spear Shukai with a 0.1% pick rate. So we already covered Yohan and Priya, so let's look at Throsisela. Again, these are the actual pick rate stats, and Throw just down here because Shuriken's Cicela is just so dominant right now. There's really not a reason why to play Throw Sicella unless you're like me who enjoys the, the crit Cicela lifestyle and <laughs> just wants to pelt people with your auto attacks. But then again, you could just play William if you want to do that. So that's why, in my opinion, just her, Throw Cicela's pick rate's just so low. It's just, there's no reason to play her.
1: Yep, it's just a weapon out class. It's uh, pretty simple as that. If you wanna kind of shrink it down to a couple phrases, there, just shuriken's way better. That's all there really is to it. Ruthenium's build has been the kind of like the go-to weapon when it comes to Amp Sicilia, but when shuriken outshines it, well, that's just the cold hard facts for Throw Sicilia players.
0: Yep, and then Arias actually down here, it's a little surprising. She was. I believe down here last week's podcast as well. I guess it's just because of the changes they did to air. I during the last major patch, they changed AR to work that their attack power uh, for like per auto attack is lower, but their basic attack scaling is higher. That's really the only change that kind of happened to AR. unless they changed some of the weapons as well, which I could not be remembering. Yeah, and I think it's also in part like the fact that people who are playing AR are playing AR ISIL more than AR yep. Aya as well. Those would be my. And mainly it's probably more the latter reason than the former, but I'd say that's probably a contributing factor.
1: Yeah, I was actually going to say two points in regards to why I think Assault Rifle Aya is this low compared to like other things here. Uh, pistol Aya is just absurdly strong right now because she can proc red sprite just so easily. So I think people are playing more pistol Aya here. I don't know about sniper rifle specifically per se. I'm I'm actually surprised it's not down here uh, for that as well. But of course, once again, I guess it's a red sprite diff in this case. And as you mentioned, my second point was going to be that AR isol is just way better because he also has defense shred built into his kit, which Aya does not. The only advantage that I think Aya has is a very easy proc on the Diamond Shard, which is not something you want to be winning on assault rifle nowadays. You'd rather run the Adrenaline or the Frenzy. So, cool.
0: yeah, I don't know. I think Air Izel could proc the Diamond Shard quite easily with his, well, if he just places the ultimate in yeah. front of someone. I think for me, the only difference would be that Air Aya has her shield, her passive, mm-hmm. right, where you get about like a two hundred to two hundred and fifty HP shield. It's something. It scales, so it's like around that range. I believe it scales. Right? So but other than that, you just Air has yeah, as you already mentioned, so defense red and kit. And I'd say like better escape even as well. If you don't have a camera against ISIL, you're, you're not gonna be able to find them if you use camouflage to get out, which is easy we don't know. And our last character here is Spear Shootkai, Again, this is just a case with Throsisella Spear Shukai. Right now, is outclassed by Dagger Shukai. They added a, a new dagger weapon, Eclipse, which is an amp dagger weapon. And since amp or there's no amp transition weapons for spear, all the Shukai mains were like, we're gonna go the dagger. But another fact is that dagger got some buffs as well. Not it's on top of that, so yeah all the, the Spear Shukai players are on dagger right now.:
1: <laughs> It's been so long since we've heard that Dagger Shukai is better than spear, but you know, you could also talk about how, I guess, um, goodness gracious, I'm forgetting that upgrade that the the spear that got change, uh, that got changed to become a lot more amp focused for the transition item there uh, builds out of a meter, I think still. but in the end, Eclipse is just miles better than that transition spear weapon so shukai is being able to get invisibility off of cloak and dagger as well just yeah cosmic biden there you go um yeah i was cloak like and i
0: said like cosmic biden the attack speed weapon I, I, there's no way there's, there's amp on that right
1: i think they changed it i remember people are saying like you don't run that anymore um, I, I don't okay i could check it but i think they changed it i know there is a transition for spears now for amp I just don't remember if it is Cosmic, by now I'll double check that for yeah, you. Yeah, I just knew there. I knew
0: Silver Gun was the the Myth Spear, which I know was also like has attack speed, and movement speed as well. And, but I knew the attack speed was better on Cosmic, unless yeah. i Cosmic I'm, is that no? Oh, oh, Cosmic, yeah. Okay, that's why they stopped going Cosmic. Okay, that yep. would explain a lot. Uh, I guess I'm the one who didn't read the patch notes. No, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I, um, I
1: I do this for like a job at this point. <laughs>
0: Uh, but I so mean, great. I mean, kind of the same. But I guess I didn't remember that one. So, oops, that's my bad. Was
1: very minuscule, I think, is <laughs> why a lot of people missed it. yeah
0: uh, I was like, why? Why is it the the Felix going cosmic? That was what I thought he was going blazing. I was like, I'm so confused. Okay, that would make a hundred percent sense. Yeah, now, yeah. Let's. Yeah, <laughs> anyways, let's move on to our low win rate now so we have this is the actual stats these are (laughs) yeah these are all characters we talked about so we're not going to really cover it but these characters actually have no win rate at all but this is also because they have a low pick rate right so this is Johan, spears shukai throw Mai, and air aya all these characters have not won a single game in diamond plus this season so I guess S in the chat. I don't know. Right. <laughs> There's just... <laughs> people aren't playing them or winning with them at all. So yeah, let's look at our normalized stats now. So we have... Okay, I forgot to put which weapon type for Yuki that is. I do apologize. Well, apparently Magnus and Violin. Yeah, it's two-handed sword. Yuki with a 3% win rate, followed by... Okay, I think this one is Bat-Magnus. I have... Either. <laughs> okay, for that guy. I <laughs> do apologize <laughs> for not putting in there, but yeah, 4.4% <laughs> win rate. Then Kiara with a 4.5% win rate. and Shoichi with a 4.8% win rate. And then Glove Lead Island with a 5.3% win rate. So, with two handed sword Yuki, again, these characters, What well, a lot of these characters have in common, in my opinion. i say at least. Yuki, Shoichi, and Lead Island is just there's a lot of people playing them, right? So they all are kind of being lowered for their win rate overall, just because there's just so many players playing these characters. I don't think Yuki or Two-handed Sword Yuki is that bad, uh, but just very popular character. And from my understanding, like from my, what I've heard from the Yuki players, is that Two-handed Sword is actually better than Dual Swords. But I don't know. That's what. Well, at least what I heard from Alexpresso. I don't know if you've yeah. heard anything else from the Yuki player.
1: Oh. I mean, of course, Meek is just going to continuously be that dual sword player on the Yuki. And overall, I, I personally think that uh, in the meta that, you know, of course, I'm going to be going off of stats here that KR runs off of. It's the survive till you can make it kind of thing and dual uh two-handed sword yuki is just way better at that and I'm, this is why i'm not surprised that um, i'm kind of looking at these numbers here looking at both yuki as well as magnus you mentioned uh two-handed sword yuki here but they're not characters meant to win necessarily in care like if you win that's great then you've really scaled up to that point but you play these characters to get the highest rank as possible and then if you can do something with that then cool if not then that's fine which means your win rate's going to tank overall as that character gets played more and more. And and that's perfectly fine. They're still serving their purpose. Uh, they're doing what that character specifically wants them to do, and that's fine.
0: Yeah. So that's why these, yeah, below win rate characters, they're probably just getting a lot of seconds or top threes, but not just one. Win- no. Same, we already talked about Magnus, and I just also mentioned, Magnus has a good kit for getting high placement, uh, but not a good kit to win. But that's also... Maybe not a good kit to win, but it's more just how people play him. right? So. Mm-hmm. And yeah, with Kiara... Sorry, what were you going to say?
1: No, I'm just looking at the <laughs> street. Sorry, it was weird.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, this Nikki kind of got teamed on a little bit, but <laughs> um, between Lennox and Camille here. But yeah, With now we have Kiara... Honestly, I'm, maybe it's just me, but I'm kind of surprised to see Kiara up here, but maybe it's just because of, I don't know, all I can think of is Kiara as, like, a statistic character that either, like, wins the game when getting, like, five plus kills or, like, doesn't get any kills and just kind of escapes. She does have a decent kit to get away, actually, between her, like, stigma stacks and her, like, her e, uh which, like, roots people, but other than that... I Like, what are your thoughts with Kiara having such a low win rate?
1: So, my thought about Kiara here is um, there is a very valid reason as for this, and it's because Kiara has become a character where you play Amp on, uh, on her now. And the problem with running Amp on Kiara is the fact that you have a very limited damage window to make sure that you can do anything, but the problem with Kiara is the fact that um, you don't have access to super long skills. That's very consistent. Something like if you want to compare it to Hecen, for example, you have very easy access to charms. You have a lot of really good um, damage rotations, and your burst combo rotation is also really good. But as the game goes further and further on, uh, further and further on, this is why I think a lot of burst style characters don't really scale well, super well, into the late game. Everybody else also gets items as well. They're gonna get tank gear and tank gear and tank gear. It makes it really difficult for Amp Kiara to really mm, kind of contest for objectives when her damage window is so limited and her main target can only be one person. So she doesn't really get too too many transition items either. She does fine in like these isolated one v one fights, but there's also ways to get away from her, and from there her um, damage window just disappears. Of course, her or um play cooldown is going to be longer if you don't get the execute with the last judgment as well that's why i'm not surprised about this um if it was tank of course like you still you still see the same thing but you don't see this when it's crit right like crit kiara numbers were probably absurd for win rate now that it's amp um you get your fun by bursting people early game the later on you go you do less of that
0: yeah for me i'm i'm honestly surprised that you're saying people are playing amp here (laughs) and that's the thing that's blowing my mind i I like playing Kiara, but I only play her as crit variant. I don't enjoy the amp style. And every time when people used to say, oh, I'm playing amp Kiara, it was really just Amazonas, Helma (laughs) Banneret, EOD Boots Kiara. And I'm like, how's this amp? I don't understand. Um, But if they're playing amp, uh, that would make sense why. But if it's if it's actually amp, I don't know. Is this or is this like a, a tank that people no, are calling? It is amp? Genuinely, yeah,
1: genuinely <laughs> amp. They run like spear of uh, they re- they run like spear of justice. Um, uh, oh okay. sorry, sword of justice. They go like commander's armor. You see imperial crown drop near. It's it's pretty fun playing it right for the first like five minutes, and then people start getting transitions, and they're like, oh, I see why this thing has terrible win
0: rate. <laughs> okay, yeah. Then I don't know. For me, that just seems like you're in. <laughs> Rolling, I don't know. <laughs> you should try; it's fun. <laughs> uh, I'll, maybe I'll give it like one or two goes, but I'm definitely yeah. on the the correct hero front myself. <laughs> and yeah, uh, other than okay, let's go the last two characters quickly. Just Shouichi, Lead Island high pick rate characters. that we said, is the most picked, so then gloved Island's the second most picked. So I think their stats are kind of skewed because of their high pick rates.
1: They're both hard characters to play, too, to master perfectly.
0: Yeah, I would say Shoichi more than Gloved yeah. Island, <laughs> for sure. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, so let's move on to our average kills. So we have our low, these are yeah characters with low average kills, which would be I with a 0.4 average kills, followed by Priya with 0.5. Then Bonadine with 0.8, then Cross is 0.81, and then last but not least is Axe Jackie with 0.84. Yeah, I think we've we actually covered most of these characters. But just an overall summary. Um, pre- my I guess is just on the weaker end right now. Even though I, honestly, I'd be fine if she stayed this way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't want to deal with uh, my being good. Just just keep her like this. Thank you. Uh, Priya is just a support character, Nadine, a late game scaler that's not going to really go for kills until she's fully skilled up and is probably only going to kill the last person, if not maybe like the last two people. And then Axe Jackie being is low for average kills just because um, I guess they're not really going to fight people. And I think Axe, at least if I remember from last season, it was definitely more of like a late game character. I think that might have changed because they're not using Scythe anymore, which was an amp scaling weapon that they would use last season, which would give them like a high win rate. I don't know if that's changed that at all.
1: In general, I think it's just uh, whatever changes happen to Axe it's literally just the very few people that play it just kind of play it for the placement.
0: <laughs> I don't probably know.
1: all Wait, they play that for, I don't know.
0: Uh, Like Axe Jackie was like the most popular Jackie last season and that was again I said that was the 100% Scythe in my opinion just great amp scaling so then the reason why they do that is also because it has attack range on it which is a very valuable stat but with the amp scaling part it's because in the late game when you have your Jackie R2 with like the reactivation of your chainsaw that's all like amp damage and it would do a lot if you actually had amps. And if you also combine that with healing factor shield, remember oh. when it used to be an amp scaling shield, which it's not anymore, uh, it also help a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then let's look at our normalized average kills at this point. So we have Crossbone and Dean here with a zero point eight one average kills, followed by Axe Jackie with zero point eight four, and Surecan Emma with zero point eight seven. And Ava with 0.97, and Jenny with 0.9. So, yeah, even though are the lowest, like, bottom five for average kills with at least 1% pick rate, you can tell that it's almost one kill average a game, so it's not, again, looking too bad, considering... That's probably because of the low TTK, so...
1: It's not bad at all, honestly. Uh, These numbers, like, it may look bad just on paper because you don't see one in front of the decimal, but it's not bad at all. Uh, Especially for a couple of our characters here, they're much more well-known for staying alive or just poking people out. Uh, You don't really have a lot of finishers, I think, especially if you think about characters like the Emma as well as the Eva. They're really good at poking people out, but when it comes to actually finishing them, it's uh, pretty difficult unless you invest your entire thing in which then of course you leave yourself vulnerable to a lot of things. So eh, numbers seem okay. Once you start going into the one average kill per game, that's a perfectly fine character. And that's where Eva as well as Jenny is just about teetering. So,
0: yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we've pretty much talked about most of these characters. Eva, you already mentioned just mainly pokes people, which is why even Jenny, to some extent, just kind of plays for that poke game. I think also with Jenny is a lot of time when she like quote unquote dies, you know, like her passive for the the fake dying is like what I call it. Uh, People just leave, right? They're like, I don't want to deal with Jenny stage two. I'm not here for the next Elden ring boss, right? Like I'm already done with stage one. Uh, So they just leave and they, they don't want to give her a kill at all. So that, that would also be my guess would, why jenny has low average kills mm-hmm. and then we're gonna look at average rank so these are characters with like really bad average rank so you might think oh it's a high number so most of these have been like high numbers better right but high numbers worse in this case average rank we have throw sicella with 11.9 average rank followed by air with a 10.6 average rank then Mai with 10.2, Pistol Isil with 9.6, and Camilla with 9.5. So, once again, these are some common characters, except for Pistol Isil being this low, honestly surprises me. Pistol Isil, in my opinion, has been quite notorious for being like a rat character and just kind of surviving to the late game, so him dying quite early is very surprising to me
1: will probably just learn to place cameras. (laughs) Uh, You don't really have to be worried about getting just constantly out DPS by assault rifle on that. As long as you just uh, don't run into like 10 billion traps by pistol iso, he'll kind of just whittle you down. But again, unless you get hit by multiple semtexes over and over and over, not really going to die to that guy. So a lot of people just kind of tend to just run straight into him and put a camera down instantly, and iso has nowhere really left to go unless he already has traps set up. So that's probably my take on
0: that yeah um, i don't okay i don't remember when this was added but also this i feel this was added like season five or season four with cameras being dropped on bats guaranteed i think that's also nerfed ISIL as a whole because people can get cameras a lot easier than they used to but that change was not recent so mm-hmm. and then Camilo, which as if you're watching the stream or watching youtube you can See him right now. He's just a character that's also kind of dying early. A little, I don't know. I think Camille is just a character that goes for those early fights, and as a result, like sometimes he gets it, and when he does, he like scales super hard and is able to do quite well. Like this Camilla, who got like two kills before day two, and or they just die early, right? So that would be my guess for camillo Um, and then let's look at our normalized stats of this and these will be our last, you can see the infographic layout or like display. So average rank, we already talked about it. It's Camilla with 9.5, followed by Shuriken Sasella with 9.5, then Kiaro with 9, Nikki with 8.6 and Rosie with 8.0. Oh. I like Shuriken Shuriken dying early again. If we watched the the previous have yeah, you been watching the stream at all? You saw our Shuriken Sicella game and that was we're fighting at Cemetery, right? So any characters that go for these early game objectives risk dying early. And Sicella is no exception to this, especially with her low health pool. It makes her very susceptible to die early.
1: Yeah, and in the end, uh, we have a lot of Shuriken Sicilas nowadays, so they just kind of devour each other. <laughs> so, uh, one Cecilia gets turbo fed, everybody else kind of dies early. So, take the average of that; the number is not really going to look nice.
0: And then Kiara, we kind of already talked about Kiara, and let's see, We Nikki, and Nikki is just another, again, objective-based character. we just we saw her die at a Temple Tree last game that it was on but she also goes for cemetery from my understanding like at least she was last season i don't know if there's a new route that's why they achieve that temple but another early game fighter you're gonna either make or break tree so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then i think rosie rosie's not really going for an early game objective but like at least from my understanding uh, she's just obviously in like a lower health pool, and I always find that she's died early on average overall. Like since she's been added in the game back in season one.
1: Yeah, these two characters are kind of one of those that just uh. I mean, you look at the number; it's says eight point six. It's honestly not bad, right? Because it's like averaging half of the players. So you're you're dying at the like the middle point of the game if you really want to think about it like that for correlation. But um, both Nikki as well as Rozzy play in very close proximity. So losing fights can happen a lot more frequently than some ranged characters can because you don't really have the leniency of staying alive all the time and just poking people out. So that really goes in tandem for Rozzy, as you mentioned. Low health pool plays very close. Um, the outplay potential is there. But if you mess up a couple of times, then you're genuinely just dead as that character. So,
0: Yeah. And yeah, that will be it for our statue on the screen. Now it's going to just be talking about, like, any items that you find are stronger or weaker. I think a lot of the items I mentioned in the last uh, last time are still, like, the same. Like, not much about items has really changed. Not the hot fix. The items I will just mention for Shuvi since he was not here during last week, would be... Definitely Iron Maidens, I think, are really strong right now. Definitely needing some nerfs just for a Meteorite item. Death Rune has been talked about so much. Just so strong as a Shuriken with that Hex. I also mentioned Tap Roots, I think, are really strong. Red Shoes being really strong since they added basic attack healing reduction on them. And, like, Persona, I think, is a really good piece.
1: Yeah, if I could um, add a couple more. I, I still think those are all really strong items now, so I don't think the list has to be negated by any way. But um, I think Hydra is still a very strong weapon. Uh, if you get it on a character that runs Chaku, it's still almost a good enough of a weapon to consider yourself basically have won the game, if you really want to think about it, that... Um, I think Judgment is still relatively strong, if you want to just consider the raw stats on that item. Permafrost has also been really popular amongst Leons, as well as probably Nikki still, if they really want to be running it, and for a good reason. The debuff that it gives is pretty absurd. Um, any other items that I think is good? Cabana probably is still another one of those really strong items. I've seen a rise of bracelet of Scotty's cube watch as well. It's blazing dress, of course. Those two items have been the bane of existence for people fighting up against tank bruiser esque characters. And yeah, that's uh probably all I really have to say. Maybe mithril quiver if you really want to toss in that swift stride as well. Pretty strong nowadays.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I mean, there's probably a bunch of weapons you can. Weapons or even items you can list. Like, I'd say Wonderful Tonight is really strong. They have been nerfing it slowly. They got nerfed in the hotfix, actually. Like, one of the hotfixes recently. I think it was the most recent hotfix that got nerfed by its AP, or, like, from its AP. And, just, like, I think any item really with, like, Vigor, like, Molten with Malachite, Malachite, the Juggernaut, as well. Just, like, I think Vigor has, like items really strong hex in general as hex i don't know if it's much other than like death Ruin as we can see just i think it's stats on I- death run are also just make it sorry also make it really good yeah i think we've talked about a lot of the strong
1: i will say um just one small thing there i think other items are really good i'm going to specifically mention grimoire Because even though the regular version of Hex was nerfed, I mentioned this earlier as well, but the amplification characters nowadays are really absurd at scaling up. Because their percentages are really good, their scaling is absurd, of course the amplification transition items are off the charts right now. So even if the numbers are small, like I saw, I think it was Anot, in one of our recent tournaments running Grimoire with full everything else transition, sitting at like 800 um, amplification or something like that on EVA. And that Hex damage still did, like, 250. It's uh, <laughs> Hex is still a very much of a problem when you start getting to the point where it's almost undeniably too strong that it's still true damage, and you just have to kind of eat it, and the cooldown is really low. So, yeah. just a small thing I want to add.
0: Yeah, for sure. I also think the slow on it makes it another factor as well. It allows you to land those skill shots, especially on... I'll say with specifically Death Room, like, most, if not all the shuriken characters have, like, skill shot combos that they want to land on you, and the slow definitely helps land those. And I guess with some weaker items, Glacial Shoes are for me. Like, I'd say Glacial Shoes are so bad right now. It's, you just have Iron Maidens that outclass them.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right on that one. Uh, I think another thing that might be somewhat weak nowadays, still, holy orders, right? You just almost never build that item over any other chess pieces. Literally, any of them is way better. Um, uh, this might be a little bit of a hot take here. I think laurel wreath is not as strong as it should be, considering there are some legitimately absurd uh headpieces right now, like mithril helmet. Literally everything but <laughs> laurel wreath. Yeah, sorry. I, I um, think for
0: for good. me. Um, it's not that Laurel Reef is weak, but it's just the other ones yep. are too strong. I think that's yep. that's just the case there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, for me, I just have to, like, think of, like, weapons. Like, I I have to go through all the weapon types. It's just probably weapons that aren't really built. Like, I think of, for me, just playing Lennox, Slender Whip's definitely not that good right now. You just have Gle- Glepnir outclassing it in, like, every way just because the amp scaling is not that much better compared to the other benefits you get on Kleptonir, which is, like, the healing reduction as well as the movement speed, um, but, yeah, I have to look at, like, individual weapons, I guess, that aren't really being built, and I don't know all of those off the top of my
1: head. Yeah and I will never forget to mention temperance. That thing has been bad. It will be it, it it is bad and it will be bad unless that thing gets completely reworked. Temperance is just the utter uh, bottom line of some of the weapons <laughs> and things. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't
0: know bad. if you've seen this, but there's been this Bianca build that's been going yeah. around that builds Temperance. Like I don't it's think it's so calm. <laughs> I don't know maybe it's just cheese that people have been able to get away with it but I've seen some people not do not that bad on it I don't
1: know I still think that weapon has genuinely no place in the game yeah I don't
0: know yeah it'd be interesting I don't know if you want to it'd be interesting if it was strong but I don't know if I want to see it be strong you know I just don't want to see like a Johan or not really Johan but like Bianca just get her full health bar back, more than she already is.
1: At least it doesn't have harmful effects anymore. Right, like you don't lose stats for running that thing. I guess, which is a beneficial thing. But yeah, there,
0: wasn't that like minus twenty five defense or something?
1: I don't even know why they ever put that on it, but yeah. At this point, the healing power is the main focus of Temperance, which is why in the game like Eternal Return, it's pretty rough to run it. Um, you I guess would see the most. If def- I mean. All the Arcana users does have healing built into their kit, but it's not the type of game that Eternal Return wants to be, so there's just better things to run.
0: I'll say that, but next patch, it actually won't be. Emma doesn't have built-in. So.
1: True, true. <laughs> she, she won't
0: even really... You'll never well, see Emma. She's, she has her no, shield.
1: Yes. No, she actually has mana regen... Uh, SP regeneration built into her kit. Yeah, but it only
0: works with HP regen. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, but
1: it's a. We'll test it. We'll test it.
0: I don't know. Anyway, um, the other item, I guess, I mean, it's been changed, but no one's been talking about it. It is covert agent uniform. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you ever remember that they changed that to add a unique passive? <sighs> if you he rested, you'd get a shield, and they literally just deleted it from the game. <laughs> they they just removed it, and and I still haven't seen it. That's probably like a I'm really bad at <laughs> Uh, Rest in peace, covert agent uniform.
1: Yeah, when I saw the Piolo release video, I genuinely thought they just slapped on the effect for a covert agent uniform on Piolo. I was like, oh, God, please, no. <laughs> uh,
0: it, was, I mean, it was no one ever. <laughs> it was yeah, just not worth it. Um, And yeah, just and finally, just kind of, or close thing to wrapping up, is just talking about. I guess the meta as a whole, uh a lot of people, I mean, this has been a hot topic, has been brought up a lot of times with TTK or Time to Kill specifically. A lot of people have complained how the time to kill right now is extremely short, often being one rotationed by characters. You've been watching this stream or YouTube video the whole time. You would have probably noticed how quickly a lot of these characters are dying. So... Yeah, what are your thoughts with TTK right now?
1: I think um, if I'm speaking generically, it's definitely too low across the board. But at the same time, I do believe that low TTK is required for some characters, right? Um, I mentioned this in the GenCord earlier, but something like N'Chaku Dailin, their gameplay has always been focused around bursting people. She's more of an assassin than supposed fighter. Uh, and if she's not allowed to do that then she's just not a character i think we're kind of getting to that point again especially after the nerfs to striking tiger a couple of times that i mentioned at the beginning of our podcast here today but um you know it it is problematic right and i think another part of it is just being crit still being relatively all right although it did get nerfed a couple of times and it seems to be somewhat controlled uh, damage numbers are pretty high. Defense getting nerfed across the board also didn't really help that at all. So yeah, as a generic standpoint, I definitely agree with it. But some characters genuinely do need it. So I hope um if they do end up changing it, it doesn't harm the characters that rely on it, like Shoichi, like Dailin, um heck, Ampiara, sure. I <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to toss names out there, but uh, hopefully, it's not a thing that harms character playstyles that genuinely require that low TTK to be able to get kills, or they miss out on a big cooldown that they really need to be using to lock down those kills in a short amount of time.
0: Yeah, I I understand what you're saying because that's been one of the problems. <laughs> I know you mentioned like like Le'adio Land, but I'll mis- mention Kathy. This is I'd say this is classic Kathy syndrome. I mean, yeah. not right. Maybe not right now as much because they've reworked Kathy. But how old Kathy used to be? She definitely was more of a. If I don't kill you with all my spells, I'm just a fish out of water, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's why a lot of times when Kathy gets nerfed after being like really strong, she you no know, people just drop her immediately, and all her stats just go way down. So. I can understand that, but I do... I think I've seen, like, the counter-arguments to this and saying it's not... Or, like, characters shouldn't have that type of playstyle. Like, it's not interactive to deal with, but I could see or, like, argue or, like, agree with you. Like, there's if they have that playstyle, then it should be that you have to, like, execute it perfectly or maybe, like, 95% perfectly in order to, like, get the reward, which would, like, get all right. But I don't know... If the, this type of game it works with that or if people are willing to deal with that type of um punishment.
1: Yep. And a lot of times when you do get punished by those characters that do have really short TTKs and actually rely on that uh, short amount of time to actually get things done, they're really good at the character. Like they've mastered the character. Like you can think of um kind of like Circuit if you want to think about dial in off the top of your head. Um Emma, we have Shigane on KR as well. Like They're really, really, really good at their characters, so they've mastered being able to take advantage of their short TTK time, but there's other characters across the board as well that shouldn't really be able to abuse it, but still can because of the way that the game is structured at the moment.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'll say the last thing with meta, like, what archetype do you think is the strongest right now? So... I'll see what your answer to this is, and then I'll tell you what Brand said. When I mean my archetype, by the way, it'd be like, a, like attack power, like crit amp, you know, like that's what I mean by archetype.
1: Uh, I personally think the amp poke characters right now are just really, really strong. Uh, I think they have a very early way to get ahead. I mean, uh, I know it's a weaker version of Hex, but of course, you still have access to uh, Mystic J Charm. As well, and you can transition that straight into Death Room, which only requires a meteorite, not even a Moonstone, by the way. As well, so uh, in my personal opinion, with Red Sprite also being compounded as one of the strongest augments in the game right now, definitely overused. Not sure why it wasn't nerfed as of late, even bigger than it was uh, in one of our recent patches here. Think uh, Amp Poke character archetypes are absurdly strong at the moment.
0: Yeah, and yeah brand brand basically said did sell um it was more prominent actually last uh, last stats we did we actually had shurikens to sell away pretty much in all the stats that we showed we had uh you know, we've had sahir and emma on this but they were a little bit more dominant last week so i guess the nerfs they did to shuriken has toned them down a little bit. We're not really seeing Shuriken doing nearly as well as she was last week. But still, nonetheless, we still have Emma. We still have Sahir. We, we didn't really see much Shuriken hedging, but she's also still there, just doing really well with that. Overall, with that, like, poking uh, amp play style, Right, I do think that some great characters are still, like, really strong mm-hmm. as well. Like I think Dual Swords... Like, we saw Dual Sword Jackie. We've been seeing Camillo. Even, like, maybe not crit, but more, I guess, more attack power, attack speed. Like, Felix has been doing really well as well. So, and Crossbow Nadine. So, I think those ones are maybe, like, I'd say, like, a close second for being strong archetype. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, this is (laughs) going to be, like the end of our part if you guys have any questions for us or are curious of like a character or topic that we didn't cover feel free to write in chat now we'll give you guys a minute or two to kind of type your thoughts out if you think we didn't cover anything i think we did a pretty decent job covering how this week's meta is like
1: Yeah, and it's a little bit unfortunate here because I haven't really played as much solos nowadays. I've been playing a lot of duos with a lot of people. So some of the characters here, um, I think that we saw the statistics for could still be very familiar and very similar in the duos meta as well. But some characters definitely we would see a bit better in some ways here and there, right? Like Estelle, I'm honestly astounded that we didn't see that much Estelle in solos but then again she's very much a more team modes heavy focused character so if you start diving into that rabbit hole it's a completely different story but it's very nice to just kind of see because personally for me um i've never been the type of person to really look at statistics as much i just look at the tournament results because in the end that's where it really matters right like you on um, the ranked ladder is is a really nice way to kind of gauge what's happening but the end results of tournaments is what really matters. And as a caster, I get to see a lot of things that happen. I get to kind of both nitpick as well as analyze what really happens in a lot of these tournaments. So, you know, just kind of having this uh, new perspective of being able to look at numbers and being like, oh yeah, you know, I can see why this works or I can see why this isn't working. It was a nice change of pace.
0: Yeah, for sure. I do think that tournaments are a good way to look at things because especially with how matchmaking works in this game and honestly I've been noticing it in a lot more games now that I've realized what it is what I mean like matchmaking is like the matchmaking system is very broad so like even if you're immortal in KR I've been noticing that it's even matching you against diamond even like plat players which is to me kind of insane like I feel like the caliber of player at plat and KR is definitely On a different level, like a worse, I'm going to say worse level than someone who's top five in the region, right? And it's not just the Tarleton that does it, by the way. I've been watching a bunch of, like, other competitive games, and it seems to be a common theme among other games as well, having very broad matchmaking systems. So having, like, a tournament where you're generally having your top 20, top 50 players in it will, I feel like, definitely kind of show which characters are more dominant than others. Cause honestly, I'd say if you're in that top 50 bracket top 20, top, you know, just like that high yellow bracket, you're probably like a really good player. And it's probably just coming down more to like luck of the game. Like maybe no one's at Omega this game, right. Or maybe your worst matchups aren't in your tournament lobby. So you, there's some like luck involved with that. And but overall, like, I'd say that the skill between those, most people are quite high. Right? So I think it's a good way to look at tournament stats, but they don't really, there's no way to easily record tournament stats. That's the thing. Like, unless you watch a lot of tournaments and take a whole bunch of notes down, people aren't writing statistics for tournaments in generally. I don't even know if a tournament does like stats overall, really. I think the ERW... Well, I-
1: I actually I do have a notebook of all my casts where I write down some statistics here and there, but that—that's a small thing. It's, uh, it's yeah, not an major.
0: <laughs> I'm saying, like, even like Eternal Turn, like their stats page, like we've kind of only looked at the tip of the iceberg. Like, yep. if you've actually looked through their stats page, like I've looked at it several times, they have stats for all the weapons on every single character. Like, mm-hmm. they have stats for all the Armor pieces, and and between all modes as well, and we're we're only covering like a few stats here and there. I you could argue these are the more important stats, but I think looking at like items in general or like specifically also. Uh, in the, for next week's episode, I will be putting some item stats as well. Just they have no stats right now posted because it was preseason last so. They didn't. They didn't record any stats about any characters at all f- from pre-season till now. So it'll be interesting to see what items they deem are strong, this week. Yeah, I don't see any questions from chat at this point. So, yeah, uh, that will be it from us. I th- thank Sh- Senpai for <laughs> coming to or like being the co-host for this week as brands on a vacation. I did ask him. A- on a little bit of short notice, maybe not too short. Like I asked him, like last week, or like very end, where funny. I approached like months ago about <laughs> this. But yeah, I really do appreciate.
1: Yeah, thank you. This was uh, honestly my first time, I think, ever coming out on a podcast, uh, podcast like this, and I've always wanted to do it. It's just uh never really been the type to just kind of hunker down and do this kind of stuff. But you gave me an opportunity to do it, and I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Uh, you're welcome. And yeah, well, I'll be talking to you next week. As well so i I can't wait for that, and yeah, thanks everyone who stopped by for the podcast today. If you're on YouTube watching this or on your favorite podcast site, we actually have it on Spotify, you have know, it amazon music Apple Podcasts. We have it on a bunch of podcasts you can if you're listening from there, I really do appreciate it, but that will be it for our podcast segment, so yeah. Uh, I'll say goodbye to our non-stream listeners. Yeah. I'll see you guys in the next video. <laughs>